As liberal elites from around the world slap each other on the back at the first World Economic Forum since the COVID lockdowns, a new pandemic is on the move, just in time. This time, it's not a bat virus, but a monkey virus. The World Health Organization has now confirmed 80 cases of monkeypox with outbreaks in 11 countries. And the WHO has further noted that the outbreaks are unusual because they're occurring in countries in which the virus is not endemic. Monkeypox can kill up to 10% of people who catch it, according to the CDC, and it's already here in the United States. There is at least one confirmed case in Massachusetts and another possible case in New York. The good news is that some scientists are warning people not to worry. They say that this is not a particularly virulent form of the virus. It does not transmit easily. It's no big deal. Of course, the public health establishment doesn't have any credibility anymore, so that's unfortunate. But I'm not worrying. I'm not worrying. I refuse to worry. Maybe this strange spread of a strange virus is perfectly natural and accidental. Maybe. Maybe the Illuminati cooked it up in a lab at Davos. Maybe. I don't really care either way. I don't care. I don't care if the libs start dumping vats of anthrax on our heads out of helicopters. All I know is I am not putting that stupid mask back on. In a way, I actually sort of want them to lock down again. This could could be a great opportunity. Right now, while they are all together in Davos, I think that we should have an immediate lockdown. And that way, all the sneering liberal globalist backslapping hacks can continue to enjoy each other's company forever. The rest of us can live our own lives. Lockdown Davos, and the rest of us might finally be free again. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment Friday is from Cool Papa J Magic. How many times has this guy been the favorite comment? That's wild. He says, lol, when the government says to freak out, you're probably fine. When the government says everything's great, that's when you've got to worry. That is absolutely true. Now, one thing you don't need to worry about is fixing your car because of Rock Auto. Right now, go to rockauto.com, enter Knowles in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Chances are, over the last year or so, the value of your car has gone up considerably. This is uh, in large part due to inflation, but what it really means is you got to take care of that car, okay, or truck or whatever you're driving. RockAuto.com is the place to do it. You can pick brakes that match how you use your vehicle, whether that's for towing, racing, or just commuting to work. When it comes to my car, it's all three at the same time. You can get suspension, exhaust, air conditioning, other kits that provide all the parts you need for a successful repair. You will not get halfway through replacing a belt and discover you need another tensioner pulley. I hate that. That's, that's, the, that's my least favorite part about fixing up my car. I really love these guys. They have the absolute best prices. They are the uh, family-run business that's been serving customers online for 20 years. They've been with this show from the very beginning. They'll help you save 20%, 30%, 50%. navigate website. Go to rockauto.com right now for your auto parts. Write Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. I am not a conspiracy theorist on the World Economic Forum. Probably I should be because the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth, as we know, is about six to nine months. A, a conspiracy theory is just a premature truth. 
But I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist on the World Economic Forum. I just don't like it. You don't need to believe that the World Economic Forum is a secret cabal of Illuminati, Freemason, Jewish space aliens to recognize that there is something wrong with globalist elites, politicians, corporate leaders from around the world meeting up in this not governmental, just kind of weird thing, this this thing that's not bound by rules of politics or state, and they all meet up and they all decide how they're going to run our lives all around the world. And then these technocrats come back and totally ignore the desires of their constituents and totally ignore the traditions and sometimes the laws of the countries that they run. And they just, they go because they're such geniuses and they cook up the next 10 years in Davos and then they come back and try to force it down our throats. That's unfortunate. And it's unfortunate because, not not because these people are elite, there are always going to be elites, not because world leaders are talking to one another, that's always going to happen too. The problem is that these world leaders, these elites are idiots. They're wrong. The things that they cook up are so obviously bad. They're cartoonishly villainous sometimes. The CEO of Pfizer was speaking at the World Economic Forum. And this is another, another conspiracy theory that I guess is coming true. You, you remember a couple of years ago, not even, maybe a year ago, when uh, the elites were talking about the various therapeutics and vaccines for COVID, people worried, the kooky, crazy conspiracy theorists worried that they're going to put a microchip in some of these medicines and that's going to send out an internet signal, maybe. That was the wildest conspiracy theory. You're going to take a, a drug, and then there's going to be internet coming through you, and they're going to c- track you and communicate with you. And everyone said, no, that's insane. You're a wild, crazy nut. That would never happen. So now the CEO of Pfizer is describing that exact thing. It is a basically biological chip that it is in the tablet. And once you take the tablet and dissolves into your stomach, sends a signal that you took the tablet. So imagine the applications of that, uh, compliance, uh, the insurance companies to know that the medicines that patients should take, they do take them. Uh, It is uh, fascinating what happens in in, uh, this field. Imagine what this means for compliance. That's what he says. Like a James Bond villain. This Davos conference, this World Economic Forum, it is like something out of James Bond, where you have spectre ulcers of, yeah, in the margin, then you give them the little computer chip with the, with the internet in the chip, and then it tells you everything that they do, and if they do not comply, we will make them comply. We are the corporate leaders of the world at Davos. <laughs> it's like he should be petting a little white cat while he describes this. This is a terrible idea, and you can see it from his perspective. I, I don't want to straw man these, these guys' arguments. From their perspective, they are the smartest, most virtuous, wisest people in the world. And they meet up once a year, except for COVID, they had to take a couple years off, but they meet up once a year and they decide how to improve humanity. And sometimes humanity has to be dragged kicking and screaming into, into their improvement. And sometimes you've got to make them comply. And so now we've got all this wonderful technology that will report if they're not doing exactly what the elites want them to do. And if they don't, then the elites are going to come down and force compliance. The issue is not that there are elites. The issue is not that there are transnational elites. The issue is that these elites are idiots, first of all, and they're, they're vicious. They're vicious people. They're not virtuous people. They have no respect for anything. They are, they are just secular leftist people who 
have no respect for tradition, no respect for subsidiarity, no respect for the law, no respect for anything other than their own fettered reason, which is going to recreate the world and make it all so wonderful, even though every time they, they try one of these campaigns, it all turns to pot. Now, speaking of the good transnational elites, there is really, really good news coming out of the episcopacy, coming out of the Catholic hierarchy. There isn't a lot of good news these days that comes out of the Catholic hierarchy. Very often you will see bishops uh, or even the Pope say things that seem so contradictory to the faith or do things that are contradictory to tradition or the faith. But we got a good one. We got a good one right at the end of last week. Archbishop Cora de Leone, who is the Archbishop of San Francisco, has officially barred Nancy Pelosi from Holy Communion. So we've got the letter here from Archbishop Bishop Cor de Leone saying that Nancy Pelosi is advocating for abortion. This is a, a, a grave problem, and this is creating scandal, and she is, she is imperiling her own soul. And, and he's tried to deal with her personally. He's tried to speak to her personally. He doesn't hear back. And so he says, I am hereby notifying you that you are not to present yourself for Holy Communion. And should you do so, you are not to be admitted to Holy Communion until such time as you publicly repudiate your advocacy for the legitimacy of abortion and confess and receive absolution of this grave sin in the sacrament of penance. Please know that I stand ready to continue our conversation at any time and will continue to offer up prayer and fasting for you. Now, for, for people who do not know exactly what all of this means, which includes non-Catholics, certainly, but a lot of Catholics, too, don't quite understand what this means. According to the Catholic faith, it is the bishop's obligation to do this. This is not just a punishment to, to punish Nancy Pelosi for her support of abortion. This is not just some arbitrary caprice of the archbishop because he doesn't like abortion, but other bishops do like abortion. It is the obligation, it is an act of mercy of the bishop here to prevent Nancy Pelosi from receiving communion because the Catholic Church believes that if you receive communion when you are not in a state of grace, if you receive communion, if you are in a state of grave mortal sin, you are eating your own damnation. You are, you are further sinning by doing that. And so the shepherd leading his flock has a responsibility and an obligation to say, no, do not do this. Go to penance because this issue that we're talking about here, life, this issue of abortion is a non-negotiable issue. There, there is not any such thing as Catholics for choice or Catholics for abortion, right? That's not possible. It is just ontologically not possible. The Catholic Church is entirely opposed to abortion. The Catholic Church cannot change its position on abortion. It is not, if a pope came in one day and said, we're for abortion now, he would not be able to do that. That is not a possible thing. And so it is it is in the interest of Nancy Pelosi and her immortal soul, and certainly the rest of the people who she is leading astray through her scandal. It is in their best interest, it is for their own good, that Archbishop Cordelione is saying you cannot receive Holy Communion until you, until you repent, until you go to confession, confess your sins, receive absolution, then you can do it again. This is also, one, such welcome courage. Finally, we're seeing courage from from some bishops. There's some good bishops, but a lot of bishops have been showing a lot of cowardice here. So now the question is, what about Joe Biden? What about the other so-called Catholic politicians who tout their Catholicism, but then contradict the teachings of the church? Will the other bishops stand up and do what's right? I certainly hope so. When you want to reach people, 
There are a lot of ways to reach people. One of the most direct ways is through Podium. Right now, go to podium.com slash Knowles. From supply chain issues to increased demand on top of everything else that business owners have to manage, the businesses who are thriving right now are the ones who are forward thinking. Podium helps your small business stay ahead of the curve with modern messaging tools that make it easy for your customers to connect with your business. I absolutely love these guys. They're great for any kind of business, from healthcare providers to plumbers. They got over 100,000 businesses that are texting their customers through Podium. One car dealer just sold a $50,000 truck in four text messages. That's all it took. A jeweler sold a $5,000 ring and coordinated curbside pickup all through text. A dentist sent out payment requests through texts received 70% of their outstanding collections in just two weeks. With Podium's all-in-one inbox, you can do even more than just chat. You get more online reviews by sending an easy-to-use link, collect payments fast from anywhere, send marketing campaigns that actually get a response, all by text. See how Podium can grow your business? Watch a demo today at podium.com slash Knowles. That is podium.com slash Knowles. Podium, let's grow. The libs are furious that a Catholic bishop is doing his job with regard to Nancy Pelosi keeping her from receiving Holy Communion. That is the bishop's job. It's his obligation. If the bishop doesn't do that, he's going to have to answer for that someday because he will be neglecting his job and allowing his flock to go astray and lead one another astray. The libs are furious that the bishop is doing this. AOC has has just suggested that this is a not just Cordelione, not just the Pelosi issue, but the outlawing of abortion generally is a grave threat to religious freedom. People who say, oh, but you're, you know, you're, you're harming a life. I believe this is life. Well, some religions don't. So how about that? Our Jewish brothers and, and sisters, they are able to have an abortion according to their faith. You know, there are so many faiths that do not have the same definition of life as fundamentalist Christians. And so we, how, what about their rights? What about their right to exercise their faith? It's ridiculous. And it is, it's, it is theocratic. It's authoritarian. It is wrong. It's ridiculous. It's theocratic. It's, author- it's wrong. What, what AOC has said uh, as, in terms of factual statements is wrong. The idea that Judaism just totally permits abortion is completely made up. It's nonsense. The Jewish view of abortion is slightly different than the Christian view of abortion. That's true. Uh, but her, her idea here that it's part of the Jewish faith to commit abortions is just ridiculous. There, there was a a sign that someone was holding at a, a pro-abortion rally that said, abortion is a Jewish value. I thought, whoa, cooler with the anti-Semitism here, folks. All right, that's, a, what are you talking about? Abortion is a Jewish value? That's, a, that is a smear of the Jewish people, first of all. It's not true. And second of all, second of all, you do not have a right to do whatever you want because you say your religion tells you to. Some religions, AOC's comments about Judaism, nonsense. Her comments about Christianity. Notice she says, only fundamentalist Christians oppose abortion. That's not true. Christians oppose abortion. If you support abortion, you are violating your Christian faith. And you call yourself a Christian, you are violating the faith. You are speaking in a way that is 
heterodox and heretical and you need to be corrected. But let's go beyond Christianity and Judaism. Some religions practice virgin sacrifice. Some religions practice ritual cannibalism. Many of the religions of the Americas before the European Christians got here practiced sacrifice of virgins, practiced ritual cannibalism. And so is, that a, is it a violation of religious liberty to say now in the United States, in the year of our Lord, 2022, you are not allowed to slaughter babies and eat them? Is that a violation? You're not allowed to slaughter virgins on altars. Is that a violation of religious liberty? In a way, it is. In a way, to give AOC her due, yes, you are telling certain religious groups that you're not allowed to do things. Religious liberty, such as it is, is limited. It doesn't mean that you can just do whatever you want to do. There are guardrails. There are standards, okay? The whole concept of religious liberty arises in a very specific religious context, namely out of Protestant Christianity. So that's the context here. Those are the guardrails. When religious liberty was first being proposed by the liberal thinkers, no one ever had any thought that you could, no one had any thought that we would tolerate atheists, let alone people committing human sacrifice, let alone people just doing whatever they want in the name of religious liberty. No, that's not what it means. That's not what the term means philosophically. That's not what the term means historically. It's just nonsense. To quote AOC, it's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. Speaking of Hispanics in politics, the support among Hispanics for Joe Biden is collapsing. Turns out most Hispanics in politics are not like AOC. Turns out most Hispanics in American politics are normal people, and they are not wild-eyed leftist ideologues, and their support for Joe Biden is collapsing. According to a Quinnipiac poll that was conducted in May 2021, so just about a year ago, Biden's approval rating among Hispanics was at 55%. According to the 2020 polls after the election, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt, uh, Joe Biden won 59% of the Hispanic vote in 2020. What do you think his numbers among Hispanics are at right now? 55%, 59%. It's down to 26%. 26%. Just about a quarter of Hispanics support Joe Biden right now. Just 27% support Biden's economic policies. This is lower than the national average. National average of people who support Biden's economic policies, 32%. Hispanics, five points lower. Hispanics have also ranked inflation as the most pressing issue concerning them. The Democrats need Hispanics. If we have free and fair elections, I hope that we do, and the Democrats do not win the Hispanics, they are almost certainly completely screwed in the midterm elections and in 2024. Why? What has caused this cratering of Hispanic support? Well, in part, it's because the Democrats have failed on everything. It's because Joe Biden's presidency has been an unmitigated disaster. We are, to- we are worse off on every measure. Every state in the union right now has gas above $4 a gallon. In some places, it's way higher. Foreign policy has gone to hell. We now have the first major war in Europe since World War II. Immigration is awful. And the Democrats mistakenly believe that legal Hispanics in America really like open borders and illegal immigration. Polls show that is not the case. Hispanics who are in America legally don't generally like illegal immigration all that much. What about the economy? Obviously, the economy, record high inflation, uh, terrible economic indicators here. It's just a bad situation. 
for the Democrats. And so what are they doing to turn the ship of state around? Here's Kamala Harris's answer. This afternoon, we had, many of us, the administrator and a, a number of us, the opportunity to be inside of a, an electric school bus. And it was fantastic. The press actually rode on an electric school bus, just so you know. So I think they got the real inside feeling for what this means, right? And so what we all experienced is on an electric school bus, on an electric bus, no exhaust, no diesel smell. Can you believe that, guys? We took this electric bus and it was like, it was kind of quiet. It was like, yeah, and you remember, and then you think you're like, are you going to pull up to a gas station? But you don't, you don't. It just, it's, isn't that amazing? What, lady, what are you talking about? What? How are you the vice president? Well, uh, we don't need to get into that. Lady, how did you make it this far in politics? People want to know. While we have record high energy costs, we have a, a, a major war going on that's going to throw energy costs even higher. The Democrats are prattling on about how much better the electric buses smell. Meanwhile, they're canceling new oil and gas leases in Alaska and elsewhere. Meanwhile, they're canceling oil pipelines saying, ha ha, record high energy prices? Yeah, it's going to get a lot higher. But vroom, vroom. Wow. You ever, you ever ride on one of those fun, you ever hear of a Tesla? Oh no, they hate Tesla now actually because Elon's going to buy Twitter. But they're, they're just, they are talking about issues. They are speaking to things that are so totally removed from people's ordinary experience of life and actual cares and reality that unless they rig every single ballot box in this country, I don't see how the midterm elections could be anything but a disaster for them. Unless they, unless they rig the ballot boxes, unless they lock us all down again for monkeypox or something. I don't, because they are so incredibly removed from the cares of ordinary Americans. Speaking of school buses, speaking of schools, you know, the, the libs are looking at the polls and they're seeing that Peddling radical sexual theories in schools doesn't play very well. Not only does it not play well in conservative states, it doesn't play well in liberal states either. It turns out that a whole slew, widespread of voters, not just white voters, but black and Hispanic, not just Republicans, but Democrats and liberals too, they don't like it when you try to transgender their little kids. They think that's weird. And so the Democrats first have denied that it's happening but we know it's happening. And we've seen it in Virginia and we've seen it in Florida. And you've seen the voters come out and elect Republicans in those kind of places in large part because of these issues. They see how badly this polls and they try to deny that it's happening. And they say, no, we aren't teaching weird sex stuff to kids. And it's really good that we are. There's a new video out. Thanks to Chris Rufo, who's done a great job on this issue in particular. Uh, it shows that the Mazzoni Center has just hosted a big conference on, on how important it is to transgender the kids in schools. The Matsoni Center has sex programs, full-time staff that teach sex programs in Philadelphia public schools all the way up to grade 12, all the way down to kindergarten. Now, when you are concerned about what's going to happen with your kids, you got to check out Epic Will. Right now, go to epicwill.com, promo code Knowles, okay? If you, God forbid, something happened to you right now, what would happen to your stuff? What would happen to your property? What would happen to your kids? Would, would your kids be raised in accordance with what you believe, the way that you, well, if you don't have a will right now, you don't really have a say in any of that, okay? Let that sink in. 
let that sink in. No say in not just the future of your stuff, the future of your business, it's the future of your kids. If you're single, you think you don't need a will, you could not possibly be more wrong. A will allows you to establish advanced directive and medical power of attorney. You really want to leave the burden of deciding, huh, do I, do I keep this person on life support? Do I take them off life support? You want to leave that to one of your friends or family members. You don't want to communicate what you really want. Come on, get it done. Do the responsible thing. If you haven't made one yet, you're not alone. I just finished my own will a couple of weeks ago. We're making it easy for you at epicwill.com. When you use promo code Knowles, you can go. It takes a very short amount of time. You get all of your affairs in order. They are partnering with us at The Daily Wire, taking care of us, protecting our staff and families. Let them protect yours. Epicwill.com, promo code Knowles. Secure your future in as little as five minutes with a complete package starting at 119 bucks. When you use promo code Knowles, you'll save 10%. Epicwill.com, the most important five minutes you will spend today. There is something so satisfying in building a case so tight that there's almost nothing the opposition can say that will make any difference. That's what we have done in our Daily Wire original documentary, Choosing Death, where we look at the heinous court decision of Roe v. Wade. We take a wrecking ball to the four fallacies that the abortion industry is built on. Right now, Candace Owens is doing the same with Black Lives Matter in the new Daily Wire documentary, The Greatest Lie Ever Told. George Floyd and the rise of BLM. You've seen how Candace has been relentlessly calling out these media-driven lies around racial justice for the last two years. When you set out to make a documentary, look, you don't know exactly where the facts will take you. As it turns out, Candace has uncovered kryptonite, all right? We are going to take some more time putting this film together before we bring it to light. It's amazing. I've, I've kind of seen behind the scenes how this movie has come together. It is incredible. As Candace likes to say, sunshine is the best disinfectant. The greatest lie ever told, George Floyd and the rise of BLM, uh, is going to be incredible. Trust me, it will be well worth the wait. We'll be right back with a lot more. Welcome back to the show. The Mazzoni Center promotes transgenderism and weird sex stuff to kids in Philadelphia schools, grades K through 12. Last year, they secured $5 million in government contracts. Here is uh, just a little taste of the sort of lesson that you would receive at a Mazzoni Center class or conference. I am Rachel Simon. I use she, her pronouns. I am a psychotherapist, educator, consultant, and author. Um, I run my private practice here in Philadelphia, and I am the author of the Everybody Book, which is a an LGBTQ inclusive um, sex ed resource for seven to twelve year olds. And I love that you said that this this talk specifically was geared towards teens. But you're so right that sexuality education starts the minute you're born. I mean, we have, we're born with bodies. These bodies are cool. We want to touch our bodies. We're learning about, um, privacy and, you know, being sexual in public from a very early age, homophobic and transphobic ideas from parents can absolutely be a problem. (laughs) Inescapable judgment. Yeah. Bigoted, misinformed parents who have no idea how to talk about gay sex. They're biased. If they are religious, it can be very difficult to get into the conversation with them. It can be really difficult if those parents aren't radical sexual revolutionaries like I am who want to uh, not only uh, promote 
all sorts of unusual sexual desires and behaviors among people, but also trans your five-year-olds. Yeah, it can be really hard. And that's why it's so important that we go into the schools with government money, by the way, with $5 million in government contracts to go in there and teach your kids how absolutely terrible you are and, and uh, to totally contradict every value you've ever taught them and to make them like me. And obviously well-adjusted, not total psycho, right? Right? That's, that's what she's saying. They're not hiding it. This is not, I'm not reading between the lines. She is telling you this. She's saying we hate it when parents teach their kids traditional religious values. You, know, you raise your kid Christian or Jewish or Muslim for that matter. We hate that. That's bad. Uh, so what we do is we go in with, with the parents' taxpayer money, by the way. We go in to the schools and say, yeah, your parents are bigoted. They're, they're misogynistic. They're, they're awful, closed-minded. And don't believe what they say. Believe what we say. Thank you, parents, by the way, for funding my salary. Uh, yeah, we, we just go, we go into the schools and we, and we tell kids that they need to embrace the rainbow. That's what's happening. We knew it was happening then the libs deny that it's happening. Then they tell us it's good that it's happening, but they still deny that it's happening. And sometimes we need to see it with our own eyes. There is no live and let live here. Conservatives' first impulse very often is oh, live and let live. If you guys want to do that, that's fine. But just don't force it on me. However you want to live, that's fine. Just don't make me do it. Throw your hands in the air. There's no neutrality. There is no well, you do you, don't yuck my yum, none of that. The kids are either going to learn traditional sexual morality or radical LGBTQ, LMNOP, trans the kids sexual morality. They will not learn no sexual morality. That woman has a point when she says that we start to have questions about our sex. Not, I'm not saying erotic questions. I'm saying just what is a boy? What is a girl? What do boys and girls mean? What is mommy and daddy? They start to have these questions very, very young. People do have questions about their bodies at a young age. And certainly, as they approach puberty, they start to have these questions more and more. And if we spend eight hours of our day in school when we're little kids, then we're going to learn things there too. And we're going to learn things among other kids and, with the, and we're going to ask questions of our teachers. And it, yes, you are going to learn that stuff. The question is, what are you going to learn? What is going to be taught? It's not even any longer going to be ask your parents. Ask your parents was a substantive answer. What that answer means is your parents have the right to inculcate in you a certain sexual tradition and understanding. But now that's being contradicted by the left. Even, even that is considered re reactionary now. How do those parents are bigoted and awful and misogynist. They're going to destroy their kids' lives. No, we have a responsibility to go into the schools. So what is it? Which one are we? You have to make a choice. You, it can't just be, well, do whatever you want. What do, do you want your kids to be raised by that psycho in that video? Or do you want your kids to be raised in a more traditional way? If the answer is the latter, as I suspect it is, then we need to go in and wield state power and defund the Mazzoni Center and take away its $5 million in government contracts and fire lunatics like that girl in the video and fire teachers if they teach this kind of stuff in the schools and pass laws saying that you can't teach this kind of stuff in the schools. That's the only thing you can do. Otherwise, you are giving over the whole culture and the way your kids are raised to these weirdos. I think it was Oran McIntyre. I've, I've quoted this viral tweet on my show multiple times now, which is, 
The party that wants to win is always going to beat the party that just wants to be left alone. That, that is an eternal rule of politics. He's not the first guy to say it, but his version of it went viral on, on the internet. We need to want something. We need to want to win. We need to have a substantive vision of the country. If not, if we just want to kind of be left alone, then that lady is, is the new mommy. <laughs> that lady is raising your kids, okay? You're seeing it. Teachers are not hiding this. They're bragging about this. There was a teacher just took to TikTok. We're seeing it thanks to our friends at Libs of TikTok who, who said that although there are laws now being passed in the country to stop teachers from inculcating radical sexual ideology in their young kids, her pride flag is the most important thing in her classroom. I'm a teacher in a very conservative state. And so sometimes students ask me, why do I have that pride flag? And to me, that's the most important part of my classroom. I'm not LGBTQ, I'm totally straight, married to a man, but I need my students to know that they are safe and they are loved here without making a big deal about it, without having like a big conversation. So by having just that teeny little flag at the front of my room, I can communicate to them that I support them and that this is a safe place for them where they can focus on learning. And that means everything to me. And if a student has a problem with it, then they can find a different teacher. She's so nice, isn't she? She just wants everyone to feel safe and loved. Do you think Christian students will feel safe and loved when they see that flag? That flag, which means you are wrong. That flag, which means your views are not legitimate. That your views are evil and bigoted and need to be run out of the public square. Do you think the Christian, how about the Jewish students? Do you think the Jewish students, the Jewish students who take their religion seriously, do you think that they feel safe and welcome when they see that flag? That flag which says you are wrong and you are evil and your views should be run out of town. Muslim students, do you think, Muslim students take this stuff real seriously. Do you, do, there's, not, there's not a whole lot of liberalism in Islam like there is in Christianity and Judaism. Do you think that or like there can, I should say, like there can be in Christianity and Judaism. Obviously, the more orthodox Christians and Jews do not have a lot of liberalism in their, in their religion. Do you think the Muslims feel safe and welcome when the pride flag is there saying, you are, you are wrong, you are evil, you are bigoted, your culture is disgusting? Do you think that, I don't think they do. No, the, I give the teacher credit because she's being honest in that, yes, to her and to so many of these re- revolutionaries, the pride flag is the most important thing because all human conflict ultimately is theological. And beyond reading, writing, and arithmetic, we, when we educate people, we're teaching them the most basic things, the most important things, who we are, what we are, what does it mean to live the good life? What are we aiming at? What should we do? What is virtue? So of course, the flag actually is the most important thing, more so than the whiteboard and the abacus, that's for sure, because it's getting to the very root of education. What is education for? Now, I don't think education should be aimed at instilling pride in people. <laughs> I, think, I think pride is a sin and the queen of all sins, and pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And I think that the sexual pathologies that the, the pride flag represents are not particularly helpful to people, and I don't think it's very helpful to tell seven-year-old boys that they're actually little girls. I don't think that helps them. She might sincerely believe that that will help them. That might be her deeply held religious view. And that contradicts the religious views of the Christians and the Jews and the Muslims. And you know what, folks? The AOC version of religious liberty, where you just, you should be able to do whatever you want, that's not, that's an incoherent answer. 
because you can't simultaneously teach both. You cannot simultaneously teach boys are boys and girls are girls, and boys can be girls and girls can be boys. Those are mutually exclusive. Those are contradictory statements. You have to pick one. The Christians, the Jews, and the Muslims, they believe the first one. The liberals and the secularists and the leftists and the progressives, they believe the latter one. Those are religious. It's an actual religious conflict. It's not just political or cultural. And we've got to pick. And we in the political community have every right to pick. And we have every right to settle certain religious questions. Our Declaration of Independence says that we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That is a religious statement about God that is the predicate for our country. If you, if you do not believe in that, then you do not have a, much of a place in America. That is a limit to the religious liberty of America. As so many people have pointed out, religious liberty in America does not mean freedom from religion. It might mean freedom of religion, but it doesn't mean freedom from religion. And religious liberty is not even the point of the First Amendment, by the way. When we talk about the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment, that doesn't mean that there's absolute total religious liberty. This is one of the most misunderstood clauses of the entire Constitution. The reason that the framers of the Constitution did not establish a church at the national level was in large part because the states already had established churches. They already had. Certain states most, mostly were Episcopalian, but there were other establishments as well that persisted for decades after the Constitution. So yeah, that's what religious freedom really means. We need to put limits here. We need to use the law to do it. We need to tell that weirdo teacher, hey, take that flag down or get out of the classroom. Oh, that's the most important thing in your classroom? Okay, well then find another job because this job ain't for you. Speaking of finding other jobs, really great news coming out of Hollywood. An actor is suing his talent agency for racial discrimination. This actor is Tyler Fisher, happens to be in a Daily Wire movie, Terror on the Prairie. Tyler says, I'm currently suing a talent manager who told me they won't work with me because I'm a white man. They just asked how much money I want to settle out of court for. Update, I will not settle. I will take this all the way. Even if I don't get a dime, this justified racism needs to end. Absolutely right. It is very important to end affirmative action. They call it affirmative action. It just means racial discrimination against whites and in some cases Asians. That's what affirmative action is. And it's wrong and it's politically disastrous, and we need to get rid of it. There's no argument for it. The old argument for affirmative action was that certain groups have been historically, really just one group of black people, have been historically discriminated against by the law in the United States. And so to try to fix that situation, to correct that, we're going to go in and give them special advantages and discriminate against white people. And then that'll kind of level things out and everyone will be happy and kumbaya. Right, that was the idea. And I, I kind of get the idea behind it. It has not achieved its purpose. The purpose of affirmative action was to uh, help black people improve their position in American society and to integrate the society. It has achieved neither of those things. In some cases, it's had the opposite effect. There was a, a major study about this from uh, the UCLA law professor Richard Sander years ago, probably over 15 years ago at this point, that uh, published in the Stanford Law Review, looked at the effects of affirmative action and showed that affirmative action has actually harmed the position of black people in society professionally. One of the explanations for this was mismatch theory, that when you put certain, when you give certain students an unfair advantage and you put them into either colleges or other institutions in which they are not 
well-matched, they're actually going to fail at a much higher rate than if they were in other institutions to which they were better matched. Antonin Scalia got in a lot of trouble for raising this possibility, and they called him a racist, as they always do, but it's a totally legit scenario, and it, it doesn't help anyone, especially not black people, to deny that. You look at the position of black people in American society in 1965 for affirmative action, 24% of black babies were born out of wedlock. Today, it's upwards of three quarters of black infants born out of wedlock. If the point of affirmative action was racial integration and harmony in the U.S., where is racial integration and harmony today? We're at new lows. We've just had race riots for for eight months in the year 2020, and we've got the BLM movement shaking down corporations everywhere, racial relations seem to be at all new lows. So if that hasn't worked, and if the and if the policy is unjust in and of itself, it's time to get rid of it. Great, great stuff for Tyler Fisher. Take it on, man. Do not stop fighting this fight. It's, it's important, not just for white people, not just for men. It's important, not just for Asians. It's important for everybody. Speaking of weird racial and sexual ideologies. There is some really weird sex stuff going on. Every day, I think that we've hit the bottom of the slippery slope and we can't get into any weirder sex stuff. And And then we do. We do. Every time. This is called, have you heard of this? This is called nullification surgery. Gender nullification surgery. This is being practiced by licensed quacks Gender nullification surgery. While many patients might be interested in transitioning into either a male or female identity, there are plenty of individuals who feel that their gender identity does not quite conform in one direction or the other. Gender nullification surgery can enable non-conforming patients to enjoy a relatively smooth genital area. It means they turn you into Barbie means they turn you into Ken. They just get rid of your genitals entirely. Not so that a man can look more like a woman or a woman look more like a man. So that you just look like nothing. So that you look completely neutral. Do we think people should be allowed to do this? I don't think so. I think that medical professionals have an obligation first to do no harm. And I think this is harming them and they should not be allowed to do this. And when medical professionals do this, we should put them in jail. I think we should have laws against this that prohibit, that that, uh, limit the freedom of individuals, the bodily autonomy of individuals, to chop themselves up and make them look like a Barbie doll. I think that's wrong, harmful to them. There's no good served by it. As Edmund Burke points out, you do not have a right to do things that are not reasonable and not for your benefit. So no, no, you don't get to do that. But this actually, oddly enough, ties in with the big liberal buzz phrase of last week. This ties in with the great replacement. You know, the great replacement is this uh, phrase that the left has demagogued. It refers, politically speaking, it refers to this idea that the political forces are using mass migration to change the electorate of a population so that the, uh, a certain party, like the Democrats, for instance, will have a permanent majority. This is a crazy, wild, nuts conspiracy theory, except the Democrats have told us they're doing this for over 10 years now, and they, they tell us that they're doing it, and then we repeat to them what they've said, and then they call us racist, awful conspiracy theorists for repeating their very words back to them. So that's, that's one stage of the great replacement. You're seeing this in Europe too. Uh, Viktor Orban, the leader of Hungary, has, has accused the EU of doing this, said Brussels is abusing its powers every single day and trying to force bad and foreign things upon us, but uh, we're not going to give up our border protection. 
But then he went a little bit deeper. He said, the West just does not want to maintain itself. Let's not read around, uh, beat around the bush. Certain civilizations are able to reproduce. The West is not able to reproduce. And there are people who sense the problem of declining demographics and they want migration. So he's saying it's not, it's not merely about the liberal parties wanting to get more power and they know the migrants are more likely to vote for them so they push mass migration. This is also being promoted by corporate leaders. This is also being promoted by technocrats. This is also being, uh, being pushed by economists who realize that if you've got declining birth rates and you've got increasing entitlements and you've got an aging population, you need more people to go in there to work to pay for the entitlements. You've got to keep the economy afloat. Well, the only way to do that they say, is through mass migration. That's a deeper kind of cultural level here. And then there, there is an even deeper level of it. So for, for anyone who's interested in reading the theory of the Great Replacement, I'm not talking about kooky screeds on the internet or the ravings of madmen and murderers, but I'm talking about the actual philosopher behind this idea, who I assure you, no, no one who has ever committed violence in the name of the Great Replacement has ever read this guy, even though he's the guy who coined the term. His name is, uh, uh, gosh, what is it? Oh, Renaud Camus. Sorry, I was reading the, uh, the author of this piece, Nathan Pinkowski, Pinkowski, who's a really great writer, Compact Magazine, The Man Behind the Great Replacement. And this is about Renaud Camus. And he's this French guy. And he says the issue, it's not just about race. It's not just about nationality. It's not just about people from the third world wanting to get economic advantage in the first world. It's about a whole ideology of replaceism. The idea that everything is just replaceable. And you, you see, the, this is a long way of getting back to the gender theory, but you see it especially with the gender theory. It's this idea that America is not unique. France is not unique. Italy is not unique. They're just kind of, they're just states. And so you can, if you replace all the Italians with the French, or more likely, if you replace all the Italians with people from the Middle East or Africa, you'll still have Italy. Because it'll still be the same place. You'll get totally different people, but it'll be the same place. And of course, that's not true. You can't replace all the people of a culture and maintain that culture. You can't flood a country with migrants who have their own culture and then expect them instantly to assimilate, especially when assimilation is being discouraged by the elites. But it goes even deeper. The idea of replacism is that you can replace men with women and women with men. It's the idea that, that everyone is differ, undifferentiated. It's the idea that you, you just plug in a new part. We're all, nothing makes us special, nothing is deep, nothing binds us to the past, nothing is particular about a, a geographic area or a tradition or a people, none of, you just replace everything. We're all guilty of that. We live in an age of disposable things. We don't make things anymore out of sturdy materials. We make them out of steel and glass and, and plastic, plastic more than anything. And so it's all replaceable. A women, women are replaceable. We'll replace them with men. Babies are replaceable. We'll replace them with puppies. We won't, our, our own civilization is replaceable. We'll replace them with people from another civilization. We won't even try to assimilate them because culture's not real. Religion's not real. It's all just, but we know that that's not true. We're seeing that tension in our battles right now. The battle between Christianity and secular leftism in the schools. We're seeing that in the battle, the fight over transgenderism, the fight over nationalism versus globalism. The, the, the people, the technocrat, self-appointed self geniuses 
in Brussels who are going to remake the world after their own fancies. That, that ideology, it has nothing to do with, frankly, it doesn't even have that much to do with race. It doesn't have anything to do with mass murderers or crazy theories about the Illuminati and the, the Freemasons and the Jewish space aliens or anything like that. It's, it has to do with the basic fact of the way that we all live right now. We're living in a way in which particularity is gone. And, and that, is, that is pretty sad. You, you see it especially with gender. I, I like women. I think women make great women. I don't want to see women mutilating themselves to pretend to be like men or vice versa. That, that is the much deeper level of, of this whole discussion, which of course the mainstream media do not want us to have because it will impede their agenda. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. Today on the Ben Shapiro Show, Joe Biden says the United States will militarily defend Taiwan in case of Chinese invasion. Monkeypox freaks out the world and stocks continue to edge into bear market territory as the administration desperately flails. That's today on the Ben Shapiro Show. Give it a listen. Listen. 